Were you trying to snitch on me there? Uh, oh, yeah. Were you trying to set you up? I would never. I would never. He was trying to catch me having a go at you. What? What? I would never do such a thing. That would be so manipulative of me. I know. To let the people see. So the people see what? You having a go at me. Oh, what's up, ladles and jelly spoon, ladies and gents, boys and girls, people. Just people, gonna stop with people. Welcome to the Aim Little Hat podcast. It's good to have you. It's good to see you. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. This would be, I'm gonna say, three weeks in a row. So I'm, not, I'm just feeling good. I feel like, you know, consistency is key and we're getting consistent. How are you two doing today? Good, good. She's old. I'm not. Yeah. She's old, no. You're looking a little bit different. Something's her changed. Her best year is behind changed, her. I changed my hair. That's, that's what's different. You know, got the rose now. Nothing and, at all. Yeah. Happened. It was Storm's birthday. It was. It was. Happy birthday for a... Uh, for it was yesterday by the time this comes out it would have been yesterday um what did you what? i just remembered that i uploaded today <laughs> i was like by the time this comes out i was like oh no it's friday i need to upload it today <laughs> well how did you celebrate i got my nails done oh i got my nose pierced oh yeah the you other know what? Side. You called you today and i was like she's got two things on her nose then i was like Maybe yeah. she's always had it. <laughs> but... That's such a dad thing to say. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Great. Got to go back and do that. <laughs> Thanks. Love, love not having to edit, but don't worry, Liza. I'll, I'll just... I've got all the time in the world. To be fair, your streak was very, very long. It was. It was. Very long. It's been... It's I was been... Too, I, yeah, too fair. I'm super proud of myself. That is such a dad been... thing to say. What do you mean? You've got two things in your nose. Like... That's... <laughs> Two piercings. Why do you say or studs or something like that? You don't say two, two things. things. There was one thing before. There's two things. No, it's like my mum used to be like, "What's that thing in your ear?" It's like an earring, <laughs> mum. An earring. You're talking about. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, but I was on the phone to someone else while I was calling Storm, so I was like, "I can't ask because it'll just sound weird." But I'm sure there's something. Next time yeah. I do something different, I'm just gonna gaslight you guys into believing that I always had that done. You just never noticed. It, honestly, too bad. Kamal would be like, oh, "Okay, yeah." Fair <laughs> Have you got your nose pierced? No. Oh, no. Fair enough. I don't even know what you're talking about. To be honest, scared. Fair. Scared of needles. No piercings. Wouldn't even. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'd accept that as the truth. <laughs> oh dear. When you when you um, look back at the old the old school days. In your old days of being young, because obviously you're getting so old now. So, like, yeah, we really. were discussing that 22 is the best age, and now she, it's gone past. Yeah. Might as well just, you know, give so up fun. on everything now. Literally, just, it's just so like, far. Lower your standards. You've literally got to wait now till you're 29 to be able to be like, it's, it's not a good 29, age again. It's like 25, isn't it? It's this next milestone birthday. Nope. Yeah, I feel like that is. Yeah, no, I feel like 25 is. Although you never, you've thing. never beat my 22nd birthday. I was saying that to the girls in the car. I was literally reliving oh that my day, gosh. and you've never beat it. I just want you to know. You said 22 is the best, so I, I went in for 22. So and I've got to wait until, just to clarify then, so 29 is going to be epic. 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 Your 29th birthday is going to be amazing. On camera and you're recorded saying that. Your so 29th birthday is going to be, wow. That's fine. He's now got a year and a half to plan. So is that it? It's got to be epic. How old are you? 27. Jeez. Goodness. Why are you saying goodness like that? Just... You were 19 a minute ago. Damn. I know. Wow. Been together way too long. Honestly. Way too long. A whole 20 has just been you and I. I know. Goodness. Pack it up, guys. Goodness. <laughs> on, on your course. It's too late. I've, give, I've given her my young 20s. I've, give, I've given her the best years. Like, <laughs> might as well stick it out now at this point. Oh, damn. I gave her 22. The big one. You did. The big one. You did. We like fine wine. It's okay. We just get better with age. That's exactly what I keep telling myself. My thirtieth birthday is gonna be like the best I've the best shape I've ever been in. But yeah. You didn't do anything competitive for your birthday, why not? Why don't we why don't we do like a archery competition or go go karting or paintballing? Why don't you go for a like a competitive birthday? <laughs> do you need me to answer that question? Sorry. I can't remember the last time I had a competitive birthday. Your question was I was like, the reach here is phenomenal. Like, you, have you never had a competitive birthday? 
No. No. Like, why would I want to compete with anyone on my birthday? It's all about me. Yeah, so you try and win, right? No, no, I already am winning. We have part <laughs> two birthday. of my birthday tomorrow, so I will bear that in mind. Yeah, some kind of competitive just, element. Just, just for you, just for you. Yeah, oh, we should go go-karting for your birthday. Paintballing. Go-karting for my, for my birthday. Yeah, it's like fun. You your birthday's it. coming up very soon, you know. You'd love it. We, we will keep that for your birthday. Yeah, we need to go Ninja Warrior for my birthday. Finally, a staff trip to we, Ninja Warrior. When he says we... We'll go somewhere else while you just run around the course. <laughs> I want you both on the course. Equally, if I got dropped off, I'd be fine. Yeah, great. So fair, fair. Oh, our little lady today is um, off competing. She's been chosen to be uh, to represent her school in like a multi-sports tournament, which is dope. Really annoyed that we couldn't go and watch her. I but... cannot understand what logical reason a school didn't invite parents to go and watch. They're going to compete against other schools in the local area. They're, they made a whole thing of like, your child's been selected. And we're but like, you can't watch awesome. it. Awesome. No. 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 And I also know she would do better if we were there because yep. everyone else would be like, oh, go and try your hardest. Ugh. We'd be like, win. Win. Faster. <laughs> Faster. Stop getting distracted by your mate and having a laugh. Win. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, disappointed with the with the school for not allowing it, but super proud of her. Yeah, very proud of her to get picked. Yeah, and, and also I want to be there just to make sure they're allowing it to be a competition. Yeah, 100%. Because if, if they're doing the whole thing of like, all right, everybody, we're going to do a race. Remember, no winners, no winners. You just have a great time. Mm. What's the point? What is the point? And everyone knows anyway, because if you're the last one running, yeah. you've lost. Yeah, absolutely. You there's lost. no filter for that. Like, no. you're still running. We passed the finish line. I yeah, think. we've all stopped. We're talking to our parents. We're chilling. It's just obscuring reality of what you can see. Yeah. And this and this is my, my fear. Are we going in a direction where we're getting rid of competitiveness and not allowing kids to lose? I feel like we need to let people, not just kids, kids, teenagers... Adults, we need to let people experience losing very soon and then consistently as they go through life. Because if you don't experience losing, you end up not being resilient. You don't know how to deal with loss and you think that everything just is going to be this magical, beautiful place. And it's like we all need the harsh reality check. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You ever done that thing where you're good at something and then you go into a different arena and you meet people who are really good at that thing and you realise very quickly, you're not that good! Yeah, I think I think absolutely. I think um, I remember you giving your example about. But I think like just in general, when you go anywhere and you meet different people, and you think in a small city, especially, you're like, "Oh, I'm doing really well for my age," for example. And then you go to like a workplace somewhere outside, and someone above you is younger than you or the same age, and you're like, "Sorry, how did that?" Yeah, huh? (laughs) How did that happen? Um, But I always think like the reason that the losing is really important is yeah to figure out how you deal with loss but also mm. it helps you go oh okay that's either an area if I'm really interested in it, I need to work really hard on mm. or it's an area of actually like I might need to focus or find something else that I like yeah um I was in dance in general I always loved dance but I remember doing tap when I was really young and I remember doing ballet when I was really young. I was awful at tap and I couldn't stand it as well because the noise in there was just a nightmare and people couldn't get the steps right or the timing right. <laughs> but I just also wasn't very good at it. Like you had to be really, like your feet needs to be really floppy. There was like um, like shuffle step and stuff like that. There's like a certain technique that you have to have to do it, but it was all really loose and I didn't do right. very well with that. Whereas ballet, I really liked. There was a lot of technique you had to be doing certain things at certain points with a certain angle and I liked that um so when everyone moved up or did their exams and I got a worse grade than them Mm. it was like you were competing to get the better grade 110 percent but in tap it wasn't for me so I gave that up early and I went like full in on ballet but it helped me make that decision pretty early rather than splitting it both ways and the teacher being like oh you're great at tap when realistically I wasn't and then I would have just spent time being average at both probably rather than choosing ballet and going hard on it so yeah 100% 100% about yourself 
Have you tried something? Could have been a... I've tried many things that I've not, <laughs> <laughs> that I've not been the best at. But I think when you don't let people lose it, or you let people get rewarded for not performing, mm. it just makes a sense of entitlement. And then you have that from a child and you grow up to be an entitled adult and then mm. life just becomes 10 times more difficult for you. Um, so I don't I don't really get why we're doing like sports days and stuff and everyone gets a sticker. When I was in school, if you want, if you didn't win a race, you got nothing. Yeah. The winners got medals. They yeah. got the rounds of applause and the celebration and you lost and that was it. You had to deal with it. Yeah, good on. effort. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know where this came from, but mm. I think what they're trying to do is be kind of like sugarcoating everything yeah. and be like a safety net. But that's not how life works. And it's just setting people up for failure. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's so many moments of like complete loss that have been fantastic to experience because you need to lose. It needs to go bad. You need to learn, hey, I can't just do this. I remember our school organized like this whole, we all went to watch Blood Brothers um, and then they got back and was like, right, we're going to do, we're going to do Blood Brothers. We're going to, who wants to do it? And me and Liam got chosen to be the Blood Brothers. Uh, what are their names? Mickey, Mickey Eddie. and Eddie, Mickey and Eddie. I can't remember who was who. Uh, yeah, shut. Yeah, and you know, yes. I don't even know what that is. You, what? Blood Brothers. Oh, it's a great. great You've never seen Blood now. Brothers. No. You lived closer to London than our school was. I don't know. What that, I'm sorry. I went to an all girls school. To be fair, it might be that might be why, but I don't. I don't. Know Part of drama. You should have gone on a school trip to see Blood Brothers. She's upon the table to watch. What was it? Um, Women in Black. Funnily enough. Okay. Everyone was obsessed with them back for a period of time. I actually refused to go on that school trip. I said no. Fair. I said, what is it? Oh, it's like this this immersive horror. Like, Stop there. No. It wasn't actually very good, in all honesty, but everyone was obsessed with it. I don't know why. But apparently it was really scary. No, it wasn't. The, the immersive that they're talking about is the, the woman that came up behind you. Um, in your typical nah. panto scenario, really, nah. in all honesty. Like... <laughs> nah. In a dark room. You're in a theatre, so it's, yeah, it's inevitably dark. Is she, like, within touching distance of you? You know... It's like the aisles. Yeah, the aisle. Oh, okay, okay. Like Not... every panto you've ever been to, I right. don't... got you, got it you. It just wasn't overly scary. Okay, fair. It's it's a solid no from me, yeah. but <laughs> fair. Um, yeah, that was a no. But we did go and see Blood Brothers. I did enjoy that. Blood Brothers was brilliant. Uh, and then they were like, we're going to do Blood Brothers. Like, wicked! So we did Blood Brothers... Rehearsing, rehearsing. They were like, hey, have you learned your lines? It's like, nope, not yet. All right, well, learn your lines. I will, I will, I got this. Next rehearsal, cool, looking good, beloved, spacing out, script in hand. Have you learned your lines? No, nah, but I will, don't worry. Said it about three more times. <laughs> Next thing. Yeah, so we've cancelled the show. What do you mean? Like, we're not putting the show on anymore. You can't learn your lines, we're not doing the show. And I like, just cancelled the whole thing. And I was like, damn. But looking back, I've respect. Oh. I'd replaced you. I did get replaced. I've been replaced in Wheel Rocky, which really hurt because I loved Wheel Rocky. And I was Britney. What is wrong with you? Can you not learn lines? I can. And that's the problem. I can learn lines. You're entitled. Yep. You're like, I'm funny enough. I'm charismatic enough. Yep. And I could learn lines very quickly. I know by the time I need it, I'll be fine. That was my thing. Like, I know I'll be fine. I can learn lines in time. It will be this cool. guy. Why are we who learning cares, lines? Who cares about the other people that I yeah, work with? Absolutely. Why are you wasting your time learning lines six months out, guys? The show's not for six months. I'll learn it three weeks before the show. I remember so harshly. So, as most of you know, my mum was very harsh on me growing up, if you've heard this podcast before. But I remember I was about eight or nine, and I was doing a drama festival and always got distinction from a drama festival, mostly because I am pretty amazing. But I remember I went up for this, <laughs> doing this poem, and I forgot, Oof. I forgot one of the, the like words in it. So I carried on anyway, because I messed that one up, carried on. My mum afterwards lost <laughs> her mind. She was like, you're never going to do that again, la la la. Like took my watch away from me. I remember I had an ice watch at the time. Or maybe it was like, I feel like it was before that. It was like one of like the toy watches Got things. Um, absolutely lost her mind with me. And after that, never again in my right. life. So like... If I did a solo acting piece, oh, like, my mum barely ever had time to like do speech and drama lessons with me, but she was the drama teacher of the whole school. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, 
I just learned it on my own, did it on my own. And when I went up and performed it, my mum expected for me to just have it. Yeah. I don't need to tell you what to do. I don't need to share the direction. It says it in a text. So if you're not doing it... You're not reading the text. Yeah, you? it's like, you shouldn't be here, basically. And there's millions of other kids that forgot their lines. It wasn't a comparative between me and the other kids, even. It was like, these are my expectations for you. Mm. Only you. Yeah. And like, that's it. So... Yeah. Yeah, I just think that te- it teaches you so much. It does, it does. It's a hum- Losing is humbling. I got replaced in We Were Rockies, I didn't learn the lines. Obviously, show comes up, I know my lines. I've, I'm done. I'm the understudy now. Yeah. But I know my lines. Back to front, I know where to stand, I know da, 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 I know the songs off my heart, all good. So I got to do the, like, the primary school shows and the primaries come into secondaries and fall for the primary schools and the real shows came on. Like, now you're doing Jojo it. Jojo on you. Yeah. It's just a little too Literally. late. Literally. Then there was the last day, and like, I remember my friends being like, he knows his lines, there's one more show, can he do it? Like, no, <laughs> yeah, he didn't learn his lines. And I'm like, I know them now. But no, you're not having it. And it was like, it hurt, man, because I loved that play. But never happened again. Do you know what I mean? So you, you, I think the entitlement that Storm said is true, though. So much, so much. You've got to be careful when you, you learn the hard way and you need to lose. Like... If my football teacher in year seven was like, oh, do you know what? Keep trying, keep going. I would never have danced because I'd been like, well, I'm in the football team. This is cool. Like, It's only getting dropped from that that makes you go, well, I need to find something. Let me look around. And then you did a dance and it's like, oh, this is my thing. Hmm. Yeah, we need to let people lose. We need to let people lose. I think like in um, a general sense, like at the moment, there's like a really big push for like salespeople within their, mm. within most industries because no one wants to do it. And I think the reason being is like, 70% of the people that you make contact with you'll lose like okay. like just they don't want to hear from you you'll lose the deal on at some time along the road yeah. but I think people can't deal with that rejection anymore because everyone's so entitled to doing well and I think the more we try and push that it means that actually those risks that every corporation in the whole entire mm. world needs you to take they won't take it for the fear of getting rejected or the fear of just like dealing with someone that says no to you on the phone. Yeah. And it's like, it's a big problem because actually that that's the only way companies grow. It's the only way companies start. It's the only way that the economy keeps going is by taking those risks. So well, that's a big macro approach. It is like those little behaviours that we teach them at school massively feed into what happens in the future. It's true. The, the, the goal of our time in school, our time in education, our time as young people is to get prepared for the real world. And the only way to prepare us for the real world is to let us deal with scenarios that are going to happen in the real world. And no matter who you are, how great you are at the things you do, at some point you're going to lose. You're going to come up, to, you're going to come up against someone better. Or like you say, you're going to go into a sales role and you're going to meet a client who just doesn't want the thing you've got to sell. And that just is what it is. And without the ability to lose gracefully one uh, without the ability to lose and see the lo- see the loss and go, all right, cool, I lost. Why did I lose? Let me learn from this. What can I do next time? There's no other way that you you improve and you put in new systems and processes to get better. So, yeah, we have to lose. We have to lose. I'm still having losses to this day. Like I just literally in the last hour or so just lost a potential um, booking because I didn't finish off the proposal I want to send to this guy soon enough didn't realize how soon he wanted it took my time sent it over hey said oh, okay actually the first bit we've done but we'll do the second bit and it's like cool still be helpful but actually probably could have done this last week and would have been able to do both of them now i can only do two of the three things and it's it's a loss so now i can go and cry about it and be like oh this isn't for me what i can't they did that or i can go cool what process do i put in place to make sure that doesn't happen again boom and we move forward and that's just all life is growing up forever in every aspect so yeah we've got to lose super important like you just said oh they've cancelled this Mm. it's like why did we get rid of the winning and the losing in the first place and i believe it was on the foundation of like oh it's not really fair on the kids that aren't good at sport or they can't run for whatever reason it's like but that's not the kids that are good at sports problem yeah it's not it's not their problem that they're better than you Mm. they just are better than you at that and so you need to go and find something else that you're good at 100%. or you need to get better at that thing. Whatever it might be, like it's not... I feel like in today's day and age, we keep making adjustments for the weakest of 
yeah. bar, whatever, whatever it may be. <laughs> yeah, and sadly, that's not how the world moves on forever, evolution-wise. We've always gone by what the strongest can do because therefore the strongest are more likely to survive. Yeah. And it's like now... I mean, specifically in this country, which I find very weird because in communist countries, they always do it by the strongest. So really sorry if you have any problems at all, whether that mental health, disability or whatever, they don't care about you. There's no programs out there that you can get help from the government because realistically, you're not giving back to them. It's the whole point of communism. Whereas in capitalist countries, we seem to be like, oh, the weak in society will adjust for you. So during COVID, we're like, oh, well, no kids go to schools for the fear of our vulnerable teachers or for the fear of really vulnerable kids. Well, hold on a second you've just stopped the education for the majority of kids around the whole entire of the uk for the fear of those one or two teachers or those one or two kids no 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 everyone needs to go to school it's a right that's supposedly we have in the first world country so let's not make adjustments for them because otherwise we're teaching kids that oh well if you're weak actually we'll just go by you if you set the standards really low then we'll go by you that's not the point when we were at school if you didn't know what where we were in maths or if you didn't know where you were in english you were just a stupid one and you had to catch up (laughs) like it wasn't like oh well sorry you don't know your times tables because you missed year four like i did i was off in year four diagnosed with bloody clinical depression but no one went oh well sorry we'll stop the whole entire year five now to teach you your times tables Mm. they were like well we've moved on now so you need to go and learn them or or not really so i had to go and learn them like and, and i just think suddenly we're, we're starting to go by the the lowest or the less in the group and i just think that's that's the wrong idea yeah i think they said i think it's i think it was a war thing where the convoy moves at the pace of its slowest ships as opposed to you know the fast ones going ahead so they stay together and taking that theory and using it with society actually just stools a lot of the progress that we we could be making and yeah you've got weird things like the whole covid thing that i think could have been handled so much better and so much so differently to have got a better effect especially now we're seeing what that's done to everybody who had to go and get locked up in a room for two years of their lives and now we're like hey jump back in and be a great student um but even in in cases where you've got like you say, slower students who aren't catching on as well or these students can't run as fast as the other students, so let's just make it not competitive. It's like, no, let everybody excel in their thing. These guys are the fastest. Cool, they're the fastest. Well done. Super, we're so proud of you. But this guy, p- put him in um, IT class, he'll run circles around you mm. while you've got your little simple animation. He's created a website. Mm. And I think that was the beauty of, of school when I remember it, of you could smash this area and feel amazing there, but you step into the next area and that quiet person at the back is smashing all of you because that's their thing. And I loved the freedom to have that. You had like the students who maybe didn't want to be on stage doing drama, but they'd be up doing the lights and and making, making the whole room like look amazing while they're still 12 years old next to the professionals. Like there's, there's space for everybody. But if you start reducing the, the amount of places people can shine. If you start trying to dim everybody's lights so everybody seems like they've got a little something, then all you get is a lot of people with a little something. No one says, this is my area, I'm gonna completely own it and run with it. So yeah, I think it's a, ugh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I, mean, I don't I see think, where it goes well. I think the disconnect isn't only between school and like work, it's also within school as well. Cause you teaching these kids that they don't need to perform to get rewarded. And then they get to GTSE times and you're telling them they have to revise the grades. (laughs) Right. And it's like this whole time they didn't need to do anything and everyone was on the same equal playing field and got the same rewards regardless. Mm. And now it's at a point where it actually matters and you're telling them, well, we can't give you that now. And then you don't know what to do in that situation because I wouldn't know what to do if throughout my whole school career I was getting the same rewards as the people who are getting A stars. And then I get to my exams and I'm getting Ds. But you told me I, I was an A star student. So now why am I getting Ds? Where do I go? And it's just like that lack of communication and it just makes everyone lost. Mm. So I think that's why people need to be careful, not only in terms of what it's going to be like outside of school, but what it is in school as well. So when that reality hits you, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, plus me losing things gave me an excuse not to do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Because like if I I lost like a race or whatever, because I did athletics, 
And I, I remember when I did cross country in athletics and I was good in school, but I wasn't good outside of school. So I couldn't do it like competitively. Uh-huh. And I remember doing my first cross country um, race and I lost bad. Like I think it was like the third last person after Whoa. it. Yeah, lost bad. Um, and that gave me an excuse not to do cross country anymore because I was like, I'm not good at it. And I don't want to waste my time doing cross country when I'm right. a sprinter. Like I meant right. to do 100 to 200 meters. That's what I'm good at. And all of my teachers were like, yeah, fair. Because you can't argue with the results. Yeah. But if on that day yeah. they were like, you all win, I couldn't then go back to school and be like, I don't want to do cross country. Because it's like, why? You won, technically. Mm. So I think it gives you that room, like you guys said, to find what you're good at. And yeah. if someone's trying to make you do something you're bad at, you've got credentials to say, no, I'm wasting my time. Yeah, <laughs> and right. I'm good at this. Yeah, it's so true. Otherwise you could have been a, a cross country runner now who was rubbish. I... <laughs> we'll never do that no I'm a, I'm a sprinter put me on a 100 meter track put me yeah. on a 200 meter track fine but cross country <laughs> no, that was torture that was actual torture I can imagine you'd be a oh. cross country walker yeah I was like why am I here <laughs> like what am I doing this is not my thing oh my gosh no I've, I, there's so many moments when you start to think about it where you go oh gosh that was a big loss that was a big loss but it, it's one it's just so character building and I always use the term character building and Maybe I overuse it, but it's character building. I remember being in school, little dancer. I was a great dancer at school. Then we started to compete. Even locally in the city, we'd have dance-off in towns. Great. Went to Nottingham. Went to this little dance club. Not like a nightclub. So it wasn't like for over teens. It was, I don't know what it was. Just a community of people who liked to dance. Probably from the university in this spot. And went in there like, yeah, it's going to be amazing. They started to dance. I was like, what are they doing? what these they are amazing they're like you dance right i was like no no i did no No, i don't (laughs) nope i do not dance i actually i just like i love listening to music i might tap my foot along but but nah nah i don't dance i don't dance and i did not step in that circle because i was like there's levels to this i have never seen these levels unless it's on tv i didn't think real people real everyday people who aren't professional dancers they're all studying another subject they're all they're they're not just dancers (laughs) this is what they do professionally how are they doing that and it was like this humbling moment where i went maybe maybe i'm not a dancer like i thought maybe i can dance but i'm not a dancer and yeah it was an amazing experience and it gave me the choice then okay so now you see the levels realistically how long is it going to take you to get there and I thought about it, I thought, yeah, cool, I could go to this class, I could start going to, not enough, I can't go to London, start getting involved in those. How bad do you want it? And just have the honest chat. Do you want to be like that bad enough to go and do what it's going to take? Mm. Honest answer, no. I, I actually don't want to go through all of that hard work I'm going to have to be to get to that level because it's, it's actually just not that important to me. So I stopped. I stopped doing the dancer seriously. I looked into becoming youth MP, got more into the politics side, got more into speaking, got more into my media and fell in love with that. And was like, this is worth working my backside off to get good at because I can see one, I'm all right at it. But two, if they both have the same cost to get good, which end result would make me more happy? It was definitely the end result in this direction and that direction. So it was a great moment to make me make a choice and stop quite frankly wasting my time being a, a better than average dancer because i'm an amazing dancer in this city and then get to that scene got the reality check so oh losing's great losing's great it hurts in the moment yes it's upsetting i felt very embarrassed internally especially as i had friends there who were like come on you dance like shut your mouth no i don't <laughs> literally it's like be quiet i I'm I'm youth MP for Peterborough. That's what I am. Right? I'm, I'm <laughs> I think there's like two messages in that that you said. Like, firstly, going outside to see what it's like. I think that's my worry about a school when we have a lot of cotton wool around of not only losing but just like ev- everyone. I don't have high expectations of her because oh she's going through this at the moment or whatever it might be. And I think that's a problem that in the working world yes people are making adjustments but actually like in the real corporate world no one cares about it so unless you're going to work in education there's not no one really cares what you're going through you're expected to do a job to get paid that's it you could no matter what family you came from no matter what your past was la 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 in addition like you said 
I didn't stand there and say I was a dancer for worry of what the expectations would be of me. And I think there's a big push at the moment to like, oh, well, be honest about your mental health and talk about it. And or, or your background and la 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 and I actually like prefer the flip side of it so of going for an interview just talking about who I am work wise yeah. university wise and then if it comes up in conversation being like oh yeah I'm a mum of two or whatever because then people are like oh hold on oh interesting what or oh yeah like no actually I didn't know my dad and like mum raised by herself they're like what mm. really because people if you say to someone, oh, yeah, from a single parent household, la, la, suddenly they're like, okay, mm, wow, the bat, there's a lot to unpack there. Also, as much as we say we're more encompassing of all different backgrounds, really, like, are we? Because do you, mm. someone, do you really want to take someone on that's more of a risk to your company that you're worried about not completing the job when you know someone from a certain background, you've been surrounded by those people mm. a lot? You have to be very careful because psychologically regardless of what society tells you psychologically we do go for people that are like us so if you completely talk about yourself as different to that person Mm. they're probably not going to like you you're going to start off at the back foot that's just internally psychologically that's what we do Mm. so be very wary of that but i think they respect you more when that comes up later and they're like oh you didn't mention that before because they're so used to people mentioning these things now where they're like oh, that's so, like, that's really interesting. I didn't know that about you. And la, 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 they respect you a little bit more as well, I think. Yeah. So it's like, be careful what you're leading with. And I I sometimes think that education gives you that excuse. Oh, well, I'm going through this, I'm going through that and uses an excuse for you to be lacking or for mm. you not to be doing as well. Well, in the real world, that doesn't matter. No one cares. Yeah. So you just won't be doing very well. So you will be earning less money. You won't get a good enough, like a good job. Your family life won't be as good. Yeah. And as long as you're fine with that, fine but don't expect the best job expect the best money expect the lovely family life if you can't look internally at you and where you might not be winning or Mm. you could be doing work better at it's a scary space we're going to in a lot of ways when we start putting all these other elements of who we are as our first port of call as our first introduction where it's like hey i'm kamal and i've got insert diagnosis here or insert this identity that I want you to know here rather than just I'm Kamal hi and then start to sell the brand of me of my achievements of my mindset of my attitude of all those positive elements that would make me an attractive person to work with to be friend with to to be a a partner with you are setting yourself up for a a loss straight away and to be judged straight away, which ironically, we're all saying, hey, stop judging people. Let everyone be themselves. But now we're moving to a space where everybody tells you the thing that they don't want to be judged for up front. It's, it's a really confusing space we're creating. I remember delivering a, a, a program for some students and, you know, within the first seconds of meeting them all, they're all telling me all these different things about them and diagnosing. And I was like, stop, stop. I don't care. Like, stop. I asked you your name. What's your name? Perfect. What's your name? Perfect. What's your... I'm here to speak to you. Not the label someone's given you. Not this political identity thing. I don't care. Who are you? And let's start there. Even when we talk about like our actions and behaviours, it's quick to go, oh, well, I have got ADA. Stop. Stop. Don't want to hear it. I'm asking you, what's a habit you do often and what do you think the result of it is? That's it. And it's really getting concerning when everybody wants to jump to the diagnosis, the identity, the thing, before we just talk as human beings on a level. And I completely agree. When you go in with that, it doesn't it doesn't go positively. It doesn't set you up in a good stead. It actually just gives me more to think about. And do I want to go through that? Ugh, not necessarily. So, yeah, I completely agree. We need to get away from this, this X factor... <laughs> this x-factor world and i remember when i was younger it's probably a whole other episode but this is why i'm i'm not a fan of most motivational speakers this idea that i'm going to come in and talk to you about my sob story how sad my life has been how tragic these things have happened but you know what i overcame that tragedy and now i'm amazing because all it does to the audience is makes them go huh that's sad that's tragic 
but he overcame it. She overcame it. So what's my tragedy? And you start to look for the thing that is holding you back or the excuse not to be doing well or the thing that people are going to judge. And we become like, we call, I call them professional victims. We become professional victims of that's my first thing. That's my key part of my identity. I'm going to put that out and, and everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, poor you. Then I'm going to overcome it. How about you just go and do really well and you go and work really hard? And we find out that, oh, yeah, by the way, I went through this, but yeah, I got over it, I moved on. That's so much more impressive. That, that, that blows me away. I'm like, what? You did, you, and you've done this. It's a, that's so much more impressive than start out with this, hey, here's my professional victim. Anyway, treat me fairly. It just doesn't quite work like that. So no, I completely agree. And I think it does start with things as simple as letting people lose and lose because you weren't good enough. And that's why you lost. Nothing else. You weren't good enough. Great. How do you go and get better? Do you want to go and get better? Is this an area where you want to excel or do you want to just switch up to a different area? So yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> Winds me up. Get me all angry on my podcast. <laughs> I think there's like two things that you'll get from um, saying, saying one of those things. If it's a diagnosis, you can get some money from the government rather than working um, or just some money from the government in general. And I think number two, you get told that you're really strong, well done. Mm. And if you did go through that and you did have a really hard time, the one comment of you being strong, well done, doesn't make up for it, never will, because you went through something. So, like, regardless of what anyone says, it's never good enough. It There's doesn't take back what you say. went through. Um, and in addition, if you do uh, suffer with any problems like dyslexia or ADHD, most people actually are on the spectrum of some sort. It's, it's how how bad it is. And the best thing to do would be to find a job that works really well with that. So um, like normally people with autism or ADHD have some specialisms that people with without it, they wouldn't be able to do the job in the same way. They wouldn't be as good at it because it, it gives you massive pros in some sectors and areas. Um, or in addition, try the best way to, to deal with it or cope with it. So people with dyslexia that find numbers really difficult work how to use Excel really well so it does the, the calculations for you and little things mm. like that. Make sure you download Grammarly so you don't have to um, worry about spelling all the time. Little things like that. Um, it's so true because when you focus on how you solve the problem, you actually become, in a lot of cases, more efficient than those who haven't had mm. to solve that problem. Because I'm going to go old school and just, I'll look at the numbers, I'll do the maths, da, da, da. You're like, I don't really like numbers, so I'm going to chuck it into an Excel spreadsheet and do this code and it's going to do it for me. Well, aside, let's put our differences aside. Who's more efficient now? You. <laughs> you're getting things done much faster. There's way less room for error and you're correct most of the time. So I completely agree. In your weaknesses, when you go and solve those without asking everyone else to solve them, but you go and solve them, you probably actually come out better on the other side than most people who haven't even had to face that weakness initially. When I used to work at the Papworth Trust, I worked with so many young people with different um, underlying conditions or, or neurodiversity. And once they figured out how to use their, their condition and start to look at it as a, almost like their gift even, seeing the change was amazing. The way they walked, the way they taught, the way they conducted themselves, the things they could achieve. And they never looked at themselves as less than. Never. That's my one experience of people with with different neurodiverse needs and on extreme scales. They never looked at themselves as less than or different as everyone else mm. telling them, oh, don't let, don't let my child climb up that rock climbing wall. And I'm like, I'm going to because she wants to, because he wants to. And then they get to the top, the parents are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. I'm like, yes, because I'm not here treating them with their symptoms. I'm treating the person. And the person said they want to try and climb. That's it. I'm here, I'm, I'm beelining. If they fall, it's my body weight, we're good beyond that let them do their thing and it was like some of the most some of the most inspiring times because these people were just like i'm going to do this challenge got up made it happen um we'd have staff who would like let them win let them win I'm like nope you're not gonna win against me so then every week who do they want to play with me but that makes no sense they were losing very often against me they wanted to play because they knew if they beat me then they really beat me and when they did eventually beat me at things like pool and those kind of things, the celebrations were real or on the wheel, whatever it was, because they knew I'm better than you. As opposed to, oh, yeah, of course I'm going to win with this person. So we're actually doing people a disservice when we make life a whole bunch easier to, 
to make them more comfortable because in most cases they never wanted that it's just that everyone on the outside is put, put it onto them you see it when we go into schools oh what's your name oh sh- she doesn't speak mm. what who, who made you the spoke person she doesn't speak he's not very confident this person doesn't and everyone's speaking for everyone it's like shut up let them do their thing and let yeah. them pass or let them fail but let them do it off their own backs yeah, I mean, we always say that preparation is better than damage control, and it works in the same way. You'd rather prepare people to have potential, like, failure or mm. rejection or whatever than for them to never have experienced it before, have it handed to them, and then have to do the damage control afterwards. It's a lot more work, and it takes a lot more time. But, yeah, just toughen up a little bit, because really and truly no one's going to care yeah. in the future. When you get to be an adult, like, that's it. Yeah. No, no one cares anymore. <laughs> Which should be as bad as it sounds, especially right now when we're trying to like babysit everybody's feelings. That should be a really nice thing to know. Once I realised actually no one really cares. Mm-hmm. Oh, the freedom. Like especially someone who at school I so wanted to impress everyone and be everyone's friend and I'd have this friendship that's not serving me at all, but at least I've got more friends and once you just went, no one cares. Oh, the weight off your shoulder, you just do your thing. You do what you want to do. You try things and you fail and you're like, no one cares. I'm just going to learn from this and move forward. It's the best thing ever. I think the the, the best thing you can do is realise that everybody is actually just looking at themselves. <laughs> no one is looking at you. No one cares, which is sounds horrible. But if you stop and actually analyse that and think about it, it's the most freeing thing because you can do whatever you want and whatever makes you the most happy and that should be your focus and eventually people start to care because when you're doing good and when you're impressive and when you're moving forward people are like oh wow how have you done that how have you people care way more about that than you telling me why you can't do a thing mm-hmm. you can't do it all right great <laughs> cool ah freedom freedom just so everyone knows as well, labelling theory has been proven to not work. So if you do, if someone gives you a label like the quiet child or whatever, you're more likely to just fall into that bracket. So I would avoid labels at all costs and avoid labelling people as well. Like mm. I see a lot at the moment of like this person's narcissistic, this person. I avoid that as well because it's just like actually the labelling theory has been proven to for you to just fall in that category so Mm. psychologists were like oh we do this we have all these names for the different diagnoses what happens when we give somebody that label and they actually said we need to just take those labels away because actually when we do that this person acts more depressed this person acts more anxious when Mm. we tell them that they are so we're now just going to say oh you've just got this symptom and that Mm. symptom thing is is they haven't massively strayed away from it and in fact i think labeling theory has got way worse for now we're like labeling everything and it's like no 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 let's not do that let's just figure out what we're good at what we're bad at how we feel as humans how we feel today because every day is different and and move on that way rather than going oh well actually i'm this and i'm going to be this for the rest of my life because that's not correct people's emotions change people's actions change the way that we feel changes um but being good at sport you you might be good at sport you might be awful at sport i wasn't great at sport but i'd be really good at dance so i know those things um so yeah i just think like talents yes when normally you're talented at something and then you work hard and you get great at that thing mm-hmm. um the best in the game like michael jackson was probably a very talented singer very talented dancer mm. and then he worked really hard at it and then he became one of the best normally if we can try and match our work ethic to where our talent is then great we can be the best at that thing try not to put excuses in the way of mm. oh i'm this and i'm that and i'm this because actually normally the ones that are that they're killing the game they've normally got something slightly wrong with them because have that bigger work ethic it's mm. like you'd have to be obsessed with it yeah <laughs> and people that are obsessed with things get told that there's something wrong with them these days whereas actually if you're obsessed with it you're probably going to go pretty far <laughs> yeah you go and absolutely smash it 100 percent. you are you you're not your condition you're not your thing that happened to you when you were younger you're not your parents opinions you, you are you that's it everything else you pick up along the way and you can drop it just as quickly yeah stop diagnosing each other it's really weird oh, stop I find it. it really weird it's so weird like everyone's just diagnosing everyone oh. with things these days and like self-diagnosing as oh, well and it's yeah. just 
stop doing that. I don't know when that became a thing, but stop yeah. doing that. You like your colours in, you like your coloured pens in a correct order. Oh, you've got OCD. Right. No. I just like my coloured pens in an order. Yeah, and, and, and maybe I do because everyone at, cer- at certain points has a little bit of autism, has a little bit of ADHD, has a little bit of OCD because that's who we are as humans. The mm. moment we then go, oh, we've got OCD, suddenly now it's worked into our bedrooms or we weren't worried about it before or it's worked mm. here and we weren't worried about it before. And it's like, if we just stop and we just say, no, actually, I just like my pens in that order. Done. Fine. It's also not quirky and it's not a personality trait to have a label attached to you. So, like, stop making it that because that's not what it is. This is why I hate the TikTok. Mm. So I'll always call it the TikTok. And to be fair, I say the TikTok. I guess it's anywhere you look because social media is just an echo chamber of what you already think. But the amount of videos I'm seeing of people going, this is what I am now, or this is the diagnosis I have, or I have this problem and this, and like just so openly and like they're getting views for it. So they're saying it more and they're going deeper and they're exaggerating it. And now people are like, oh, is that what you got to do to get views? Well, I've got this one little weird thing, but let me extrapolate it into a whole. Yeah, there was an actual thing on TikTok with, um, I think it was, you know, the ticks that you get when you got Tourette's. Yeah. Um, there was a creator who actually like had a diagnosis of Tourette's and she had tics and people just started jumping on it and like pretending that they had it and it turned into this whole phenomenon where people were actually Developed developing it. tics because they were pretending to have it on TikTok and then they couldn't stop doing it and now it's like a thing that's ingrained in them and some, it's all from one in that label it's weird that kind of stuff's dangerous like some people have accused me of having a syllabant S right? a list <clears throat> and um I was having this debate with Eliza, as I always do when she says it, and my sister was there. And my sister was like, listen, this this kid, when he was younger, and I can't remember this, when he was younger, he thought it was really cute to have a lisp. Because everyone would say, ah, oh. so he kept doing it, and he did it deliberately, and now he's stuck with it. And I'm like, that was stupid. <laughs> now, I was very young, kids do stupid things to act cute all the time, but now, as a grown man, I've got to literally do certain exercises when it gets bad to try and stop it and not let it get in the way of the thing I'm going to do. So I'll be sitting in the car, Eliza's mum's actually giving me exercise, Eliza's giving me exercises to do before I do a speech. And every now and then if I feel it bad because I can start to hear it, I've got to do these exercises and stuff. And it's like, how inconvenient to try and get some more attention when I was younger into my adult years. So that's very real. I believe that fully. You start acting a certain way and then you pick up that thing and now you've given yourself an extra barrier for your life yeah also can i say you sharing that information i sometimes think is just like it's it's even worse because i think people see these like people that have gone through problems they've shared their problems or whatever and they do get all these likes they get all these shares and stuff what i do want to say is regardless when that's great for that one moment yeah after that no one cares about you again. No one can make up for the problems that you have. Now no one's going to get rid of that Tourette's. No one's going to give you a TV show on your Tourette's. No one's going to make up for that issues that you had before or the trauma that you just shared because nothing will make up for that. And I sometimes think that people consistently share their story or uh, they share something on, on social media for the fact that they want someone to make up for that mm. that experience. They want someone to acknowledge oh, it's really bad to have threats. It's no one, no one can make up for that. Like, so sometimes it's like, oh, I've now shared it to the whole story and suddenly I don't feel better. Or I shared it and it did really well for a month or a few weeks or a week. And now no one cares about it. No one's talking about it anymore. Yes. Because just like the red pair of boots that Kanye put out, it's really hot for a week or two. And then after that, no one cares. And your feelings, your disabilities, your trauma is exactly the same as that pair of boots. Mm. As sad as it is, it's hype for that moment. No one, no other than that, no yeah. one cares. Yeah, you've got to lead lead with lead with your light. Like lead with your, your best bits. Lead with your, lead with the p- pieces of you that you've earned. Like, you're, you, you've gone through something bad. Okay, I can share the bad thing or I can lead with the level of resilience I've now got. Lead mm. with your resilience. Lead with the confidence you've gained from dealing with these bullies who used to say horrible things so you had to build yourself up and now you feel really confident. Lead with the confidence, not the fact that you were bullied. Lead with the light. Lead with the, the good bits that you've developed in yourself. And that's so much more interesting. It 
takes you so much further and it makes you have conversations about yourself that are positive and the more of those you have the more you hear the better you feel and it's just this this cycle that can just continue to increase and improve your confidence versus the other one where you talk about the sad thing you now feel sad because you're revisiting the sad thing again and now you feel terrible and now you can have a hundred comments all going oh my gosh i'm so sorry you'll have one that goes says something mean guess what you're going to focus on the one that says something mean and it's going to go deeper and deeper so you've got to take control lead with your light leave that dark stuff out of the public eye and you know if you need support go and get actual support from p professional people who are there to help with your um what was it called results-based counseling um those kind of things where it's actually set up to help you move forward not to just sit yeah there try and... not to do cbt therapy <laughs> um what if you think about the people that you really like in this world mm. and the people that will get remembered for years on years on years very rarely is it someone that led with their sadness they're really hot for a minute and mm. then you forget about them. Mm. They're really popular for that minute and then no one cares. We we know about Michael Jackson's past. I keep going back to him, but it, like, but we know him because he was a great singer and a great dancer. Simple. He didn't go gifted. on about his abuse as a kid. No. Because he didn't lead with that. So the reason that he got to the place and the reason that he was an idol was because of the reason that he, something that he was good at. Most of the time, the people that, we remember or the people that our parents know that we know and then the, the older generation know are people that are great not the people that led with their weaknesses or their trauma just in general and so be very careful to fall into that oh well i experienced this and i experienced that because they don't they don't really last and then they've just shared something very very significant in and their personal. lives and personal that actually didn't really lead anywhere yeah let people let people meet your light, the version of you that you want them to know. And if they earn a seat at your table and they earn the title of a good friend, you can start sharing stuff. Like it was one of the best bits of our relationship as we grew older was learning about all these other things, these other elements that we've overcome in bits because it meant that we've got to a place where we're so comfortable with each other that we can tell the most embarrassing stories from our past that we would never have thought we'd ever tell someone. Why? Because there's trust there now and our relationship is built on the positives and now we can talk about some of these other bits and we can laugh and we can go, oh, I never thought I'd share that with anyone. But, and it's a laugh and we move on, but we feel closer because now we know that about each other. Don't give everyone that intimacy. There's no, there's stories you lot will never find out about me because you haven't earned the, the ability to be in that inner circle. Stop letting everyone in to all your business. It's none of their business. Lead of your light, decide how you want to be seen in the world go in that direction. When you need support, go and get professional, proper support from people who can actually help you move forward, not people who are going to just enjoy hearing about your pain and your suffering and it's like an episode of EastEnders for them. Move away from that and I think you'll be beautiful. I can't remember how we linked this back to losing, but it... <laughs> the point still stands. The yeah, point still be stands. Be careful not to like take the loss of yourself, I think is what yeah. you're saying. Like when you share those things or if it is something that you know to share, like we said about that dad comment the other day, be very careful mm. that no one can make you lose. Mm. So most people know that I don't have a dad. In general, my kids will take the mick out of me. My good mm -hmm. friends take the mick out of me. You'll take the mick out 100%. of me. It got taken the mick out of me at school. Where is he? Right. My dad isn't going to come back, though. <laughs> so the reality of like someone taking the mick out of me and being like, oh, you don't know your dad or your dad didn't want you. They're fully, tr they're fully right. Mm. Absolutely. Correct. But in school, I wasn't going to be like, oh, well, either get physical yeah. or push back. Normally, I found quite a good banterous ways to say something because regardless of what I say back, very rarely is that student going to go and say, well, actually, they said this to me. Oh, what what did you say first? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I said that they, their dad didn't want them. Like, very rarely is that going to happen. But I just think be very careful to not entitle yourself to your own losses. If you're going to talk about your mental health, be very wary that your employers are going to watch that. And although we say mental health is not a problem these days, to some employers it is because they're taking a risk on you remember that they want to make money if you have anxiety they're taking a risk on you okay <laughs> if you whatever you put out there be very careful that you're going to get bullying back but not to make your own losses okay and i find that boys do this more often than not but if you don't know your dad and your dad didn't want you and someone says that to you don't let that affect you and then suddenly you're going to push out or you're going to get told for bullying yeah. or the possibility of you getting kicked out of school 
the reality is, is your dad didn't want you. My dad didn't want me, <laughs> right? Like, there's nothing I can do to get my dad back. Mm. So they're true in what they're saying. Either come with good comebacks or have a, enough confidence to go, yeah, you're right. Mm. Great. I think what it is, it's understand that everything is a learning curve and losing is one of the biggest learning curves that you're going to face. And you're going to face it throughout your entirety of your life from when you're a child to when you're fully grown senior citizen adult oh, yeah. like you're gonna lo- make a loss every single day and how that loss impacts you is dependent on you and the only way to build resilience is to go through it and if we take that away from kids or teenagers or adults you're losing the resilience and then that's going to cause more problems in the future so if it's not broken yeah. <laughs> don't fix it yeah absolutely so ugh. well that episode went in a, a range of directions very deep and um, if Elijah's dad is listening and wants to be guest on the podcast, <laughs> it'd be sick to have you on the podcast. That'd be an awesome interview. So if you're out there. <laughs> it'd be breaking news. <laughs> I wouldn't even know. Any any man could come on and be like, I'm your dad. And I'd be like, I have to believe it. <laughs> oh, God man. knows if my mum remembers. It was 27 years ago. It could literally be anybody. Oh, seriously, like your losses, your losses are yours, man. Your losses are yours. Don't run from it. Lose with grace, lose with dignity, learn the lessons, and you'll be all right, man. What I'm going to say, if you're a wealthy man, feel free free to put yourself up. I will be sending an invoice. Um, Yeah, because traditionally, the the bride's dad pays for wedding, isn't it? So listen, man, I got a big invoice coming his way. I got an invoice ready for you, okay? So hit me up. I can't realise his dad goes further into hiding. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we could get any further, to be honest. Oh, gosh. Honestly. Adopt a child today. Adopt a child today. (laughs) That was it. You're supposed supposed to go to Nottingham this weekend for your birthday, and I'm going to have flashbacks now. Oh, oh, these amazing yeah. dancers and like just standing in the corner like no no I can't dance I'm not a dancer people will be like oh hi Storm he's I'm not a dancer I'm not a dancer leave me yeah I think we just need to leave him in the car at this point I think the rest of everybody oh dear thanks for listening people that go out that don't dance actually so, it's um, wrong right yeah it's absolutely wrong even if you can't dance dance you, just, you should just should be dancing or just don't come I apologise <laughs> It's Easter egg time. Um, for today, if you'd like to Birthday. win... Birthday. Nice. If you'd like to win yourself a free Aim a Little Higher shirt for the first person to respond and um, some Aim a Little Higher wrist... <gasps> I'm not wearing one either. This is... A what is going day. on? I never wear one, but... <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of having merch if we're not going to wear it? Uh, an Aim a Higher shirt for the first person. Aim a Higher wristband for the next two. All you have to do is send us a DM on Instagrizzle saying the word birth. Never say Instagrizzle again. Just never say that again. It's going to catch on. It's not going to catch on. I've been saying it for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm going. Yeah. It's going to catch on. I think, I've, I think I need to double down on it. Cause... Stop making fetch happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't message us on the TikTok because Where's obviously... So making fetch. fetch happen. I literally have no idea what you're talking about. Wild. Fetch. Making fetch happen. Mean girls. I've never seen mean girls, so. The fact that you've never seen mean girls is a disgrace. <laughs> never. I saw a clip of it yesterday when someone like used it on the YouTube and it was very harsh. Yeah, welcome to just being in a girl's school. That was pretty generic. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't offended by anything that happened in the I was show. like, I was like, damn, leave her oh, alone. This, this is just a Tuesday. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? She was like, oh, that dress is really trendy. Looks online. She's like, oh, thank you. And she was wearing like, that is disgusting. So I was like, you yeah. don't have to say anything. Why do you? That, and then also I'd be offended the fact that you used the word trendy. Like, oh, who are you? Why have you used that word? I don't even know anymore. I don't even know anymore. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll send you your trendy Aim Little Higher top if you send the word birthday on Instagram at Aim Little Higher or at Kamal Hyman. You can even go on aimlittlehigher.com, go to the contact us form, fill in that little page and put birthday in there. Fine. There you go. We're giving you another way. We want to give away some shirts, people. So uh, get yours. Other than that, get your questions in for next week's Q&A episode. And we will see you next week. Peace. Bye. I did the music outro already, didn't I? I could just stop. Mm-hmm. It just seems so abrupt. You know, like, ah, we out. They've 100% stopped listening by this point. We've been, we just rambled on after the intro stopped. Yeah. I can't help it. Can't so help if you're it. still listening, great. Yeah, you've made it. You're, you're my kind of people. Yeah, literally. 
We should tell secrets. No, 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 no. You're not there yet. You're not there yet. What's the secret? <laughs> What's the secret? My dad's name's Robert. Oh, my dad's name's Robert. So I will know if, you, if you're not if your name's not Robert. Now I just think you would literally change your identity to get that far away from me. Fair. fair. <laughs> What's the secret I have? Um, I sweat really badly. Yeah, you do. I sweat really badly. <laughs> You know, if you tell someone a secret, it's not a secret anymore. So I don't know what we're doing it's, with it's it. Only, it's only us and one person who's still listening. Storm, what's your secret? Mm. Oh, this will be a shock to both of you. Sweet potatoes are growing on me. <gasps> oh, after all these years of... Not a prize. Just sweet potatoes in general. Wow. Nice. I had sweet potato mash the other day and it was really nice. You convert. Don't, there don't you tell go. Because that's actually come and take that to the grave. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Next stop, sweet potato fries. We've hit an hour. It's unheard of. Wow. I'm going to actually press stop now.